Shapers on Jazz FM. Listen in color. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. That was Herbie Hancock, and I thought it was you. Good morning. This is Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss, every Saturday morning here on Jazz FM. Thank you very much for joining me. If it's your first time, let me tell you what Jazz Shapers is. It is the place where you can hear the very best of the people shaping the world of jazz, soul and blues, alongside their equivalents in the world of business, a business shaper. My giant of a business shaper today is Jacqueline Gold. She is the CEO of Ann Summers and Knickerbox, and you'll be hearing lots from her very, very shortly. In addition to hearing from Jacqueline, you'll be hearing some words of advice for your business from our programme partners at Mishkondorea. And on top of all of that, if you can take it, you will also be hearing some great music from the Shapers of Jazz, Soul and Blues, including Madeline Peru, Gregory Porter, and this from James Brown, rather aptly, we hope. It's Hot Pants, here on Jazz FM. One, two, one, two, three, ah! That was Hot Pants from James Brown. Jacqueline Gold is my business shaper today. She is chief executive of Ann Summers and of Knickerbox. I'm sure you've heard of both. Jacqueline, thank you very much for joining me. And thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. Now, you started working, the rumour goes, at a very young age. My sources tell me that by the time you were 13, you'd sussed out you'd like to make some money. Is this true? It is true. I was uh, designing crossword puzzles for 50 pence a time at the age of 13. So, uh, yeah, I think I was sort of showing signs early on that, uh, you know, I wanted to be financially independent, really. That's a very young age to start to know that. What, What do you think brought you to that conclusion at such a young age? You know, to be honest, Elliot, I didn't have the greatest of childhoods. And um, I think genuinely, I, I think I, I I saw that as being my first step to, to having financial independence, which then obviously led on to, you know, my mum was very, you know, very, um, she kept me at home, was very protective. Um, I then went from doing the crossword puzzles, I went and worked uh, in a hairdressing salon, I worked as a waitress. Um, I did a number of Saturday jobs, uh, which, you know, really helped build my confidence. And it was, seemed to be the one thing my mum was happy for me to do was actually to go out to work. But, uh, yeah, so that's really, I guess, what, what started it all. I remember talking to Carol Hayes, a business shaper, years ago, and she said that her Saturday job person was a saviour for her the very first time she got a job. Was there anyone in those early days where you went, thank whoever for this person because they've kind of given me a, a my own life as it were well I, I can relate to that I think probably you know I remember I think her name was Coral Boyce um, and uh, she was my manager at Medhurst's which then became Orders and it was where I used to um, 
work for Royal Dalton, which is how my, my career started out. Um, and she really wanted me to go on and train to be a manager, but it just wasn't stimulating enough for me. And, I, you know, I was very hardworking. I've always, always been hardworking um, and always been quietly ambitious. But I, I guess it was just not knowing where my life was going to go in or, or what I wanted to do. I was actually quite a creative person. Um, and as you probably probably know, I then uh, went to work for Anne Summers as work experience. £45 a week. £45 a week, that is correct. I was earning less than the tea lady. Um, but I just by chance got invited to a Pip D party, which was sort of like Tupperware. And I remember going to this party and, and it was in a, a council house actually in a council flat in Thamesmead in South East London uh, full of women all giggling crammed together on sofas um, and these women knew that I worked at Anne Summers and of course then said to me you know we'd like to be able to buy sexy underwear you know I'm talking that 33 years ago now you could not buy sexy underwear on the on the high street like you can today um, and they wanted to buy sex toys to to spice up their 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 relationships and I thought you know I think I think this is a good idea there's an opportunity to uh, do something completely different and I guess empower women I didn't really realize the strength of that immediately but uh, you know as I started to pursue my idea I realized actually this was really empowering for women find out much more about what happened next with Jacqueline Goldmay business shaper CEO of Anne Summers and Knickerbox time for some music this is Madeline Peru and changing all those changes That was Madeline Peru and changing all those changes. Jacqueline Gold is my business shaper today. Um, and we were talking, Jacqueline, about the kind of insight as you were talking about when you had all these women at this party saying, actually, do you know what? I'd like to be able to experience this on a, on a much more regular basis. Um, 33 years ago, you mentioned, you know, there was no access to um, uh, nice knickers and other lingerie and, and, and kind of the idea of sex toys was a complete, you know, people, it was taboo in Britain at that time. Attitudes have changed dramatically, and I want to. I'll come back to where the business went. But do you think you were a big part of that? Because there weren't many. There aren't many other businesses, as you look back over three decades, that said, "You know what? It's okay to talk about this stuff." I mean, absolutely. Anne Summers has played a huge part in in the whole sexual revolution, if you like, of the last thirty years. I'm very proud of that because you know it certainly started off as very difficult and challenging. Um, first of all, I had the difficulty of convincing the board. Um, and I remember going to the board meeting, which was all men, talking about my idea. And you've got to remember, I was only 21 years old. And the idea was simply, let's have let's have parties in people's homes, in women's homes, because you know what? This is a great route to market. Absolutely. And actually, I made a decision right from the beginning. I wanted this to be for women only, uh, which was probably one of the best decisions I ever made. Um, but it it was incredible because at this meeting, I remember one board mem- member actually standing up and saying, look, you know, this has, this isn't going to work. Women aren't even interested in sex. And um, he I, actually said that he actually said that. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, this is this is 
this is definitely more about his sex life than it is about my idea. But obviously, I wasn't going to say that because I needed investment. Because if you'd have said that, you wouldn't be sitting here now. No. That would have been the end of the idea, Jacqueline. <laughs> that was a good move. But right. what an extraordinary thing to say. But how, how indicative of that time and probably his own, as you said, his own but, sex life. But, but. It, but it was, you know, at that time, there, were, there weren't, you know, there were sex shops, of mm. course, as we know today in Soho, which were frequented by men and... Um, I wanted to do something completely different and, um, you know, create something that women could be empowered and also for women to be able to buy underwear that made them feel good about themselves and not the sort of stereotypical baby dolls, you know, see through with harsh lace edging, which they were then. So um, it, it was quite a it was quite a colourful journey, but a challenging one at the same time, because there was this amazing excitement around the women that were working with me at that time and, you know, how we could sort of change things for the better. Um, but there were some, you know, really difficult setbacks. You know, I've been I've been arrested. I've had a bullet through the post. Um, I've taken the government to court. All of these things most business people wouldn't have had to endure. Um, and, and why? All because really all I ever wanted to do was empower women in the bedroom. And and yet you you come across now, and obviously those are hard times. You're obviously very resilient because you don't look like a a kind of street fighter, and you don't sound like someone who's angry. You obviously just took it in your stride and said, "Well, that's not right. We'll we'll get on with it." You, I think the thing is, I I didn't like being bullied. That was the one thing. And you're right. I am resilient. I'm also incredibly focused, and I was very passionate about the business. So you know, the if I if I use uh, Dublin as an example, when we were going to open a store in uh, O'Connell Street. I received this bullet through the post a week before. Um, and there had been difficulties. It, it, you know, we'd had pressure from the Dublin Corporation not wanting us to uh, open the store. We'd had a lot of media pressure, negative media pressure. I was then invited by, by complete chance on the Late Late Show, which was, uh, I don't know if they still have it now, but it's a cult-type show in, in Ireland. And it was really my opportunity to say, look, you know, we know this is going to be incredibly popular. We want women to be... A able to go into our store without having to go to the back, back street and it was amazing just to see these women stand up in the audience and fight back and sort of saying to the council you can't tell us where we can and can't shop um, and it was those sort of things that really became really big landmarks for me hear much more from my um, brilliant business shaper Jacqueline Gold. Latest travel coming up in a couple of minutes but before that some words of wisdom for your business from our programme partners at Mishkondore. Hello, my name is Derville Walsh. I'm a partner in the contentious banking and finance practice at Mishcon Dorea. I specialise in banking disputes, predominantly working for borrowers or customers who have issues with their banks or difficulties with their banks. Two practical tips I would give to all customers who engage with their banks are one, firstly, when starting a relationship with a bank, uh, particularly when securing funding, it's absolutely critical for borrowers to get professional help, whether it's from accountants or lawyers, to ensure that the terms of any lending are not very, very disadvantageous from the borrower's perspective and advantageous from the perspective of the bank. A second tip I would give to all customers or borrowers dealing with banks is to take notes of all sorts of communications or any engagement with the bank. In some cases, people have good relationships with their relationship manager and it can be relatively informal. So a lot can be done on the phone. In any situation where the bank gives an undertaking or makes a promise and that is communicated by a relationship manager over the phone, 
that should be documented by the borrower slash customer so that if there is a situation in the future where there is a dispute about that, that record can be produced and it can remove all doubt as to what was or wasn't agreed. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. You're listening to me, Elliot Moss, here on Jazz Shapers. Every Saturday morning, 9 o'clock till 10 o'clock, I have a fantastic business shaper who joins me and talks about their business, their insights, and the the trials and tribulations that go with running and creating a hugely successful business. You can catch it in cityam.com as well. And occasionally, if you're travelling with British Airways, you can look on BA High Life and you will find some of the shows over there as well. Jacqueline Gold is my business shaper today, and we've been talking about a sexual revolution. We've been talking about taking the shops to women all over over the place, including Ireland and the fights that you had there, Jacqueline, and you said you've had a few run-ins with um, a few governments and the like. Um, your business now, if I understand it right, is around um, 150 million turnover, 145 stores. You started and you were CEO of the business, I think, from 1993, so it's almost been 20 years that you've been running it. You don't look old enough. No, I was, I was obviously only two when I started. <laughs> yeah, one and a half. Um, <laughs> An exceptionally, I mean, extraordinary business. You convince that whole male board to do stuff. What's it been like taking over the family business and it becoming a kind of a global institution, as it were? Um, I... And becoming no more, you know, better known in a way than anyone else before you. If I'm honest with you, from a from an external perception, you you are now the the person that people connect with, Anne Summers. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I I when I set out with the whole idea of party plan. I never could have imagined it would be as successful as it has been. Um, and, you know, as a result, not you know, we've got a fantastic website, we've got the party plan, we've got, we do wholesale to Shop Direct and Superdrug. These are things I could never have imagined are possibly happening 30 years ago. And on the, the, the success of Ann Summers, we've obviously been involved in the purchase of two football clubs, um, one of which we we bought for a pound and and sold for a lot lot more money, um, so you know it it it's great to be able to look back on those achievements, um, and uh, you know I, I can't deny I'm very proud of that and 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 obviously the people that have, have supported me along the way. And Nicker Books you bought in two thousand. That was a, a a brave move. Do you think, or was it just opportunistic? Actually, um, it probably was a brave move. I I bought it. Actually, at the time, it was losing five million a year, um, but I saw an opportunity to. There were two things that drove me to buy it. One was, you know, we needed credibility on the high street, and you know, it was difficult dealing with the preconceived ideas in the early days, um, and certainly Knickerbox helped with that. Um, it also helped drive a Knickerbox customers into our store, and we immediately saw a footfall increase in all of our stores by introducing the Knickerbox customer to Ann Summers and vice versa. Um, we've obviously reached a stage now where uh, actually we want to focus completely on the Ann Summers brand. Um, I think Knickerbox is a hugely strong brand, probably would sit better in a different environment um, and enable us to focus on what we're doing with Ann Summers. So it just feels that we've built it up and we've built up a you know great, great product Range and I just feel we, it's the time now to to let it go. Time for some music here on Jazz Shapers. Before we go back to Jacqueline, this is Gregory Porter and the In Crowd. I'm in with. 
where the in crowd I go where the in crowd goes I'm in with the in crowd I know where the in crowd knows Any time of the year Don't you hear Dressing fine Making time that was Gregory Porter and the in crowd. Jacqueline Gold's been talking about all sorts of things, um, from buying uh, companies to selling them as well, all in the blink of an eye, 14 years distilled into two minutes. How about that? Now, the, the things, I think there's been some luck along the way, as well as you talked about the trials and tribulations a little bit, um, but you, when a product like the Rampant Rabbit, I've wanted to say that for so long, <laughs> Jacqueline, you cannot imagine, when the Rampant Rabbit appears in something as big as Sex in the City, which it did, can you legislate for stuff like that? I mean, could you have foreseen that happening? Did you have anything to do with it? And then could you have foreseen the, the results of, of something so seemingly small affecting you in such a big way? You know, you can't see it coming, but when you do, you have to take advantage of that opportunity. Um, the Rampant Rabbit is a good example. Fifty Shades of Grey was another example. You know, we were hugely successful on the back of that. Um, so I think any business must see those, you know, you must recognise those opportunities that when they come. But, of course, with the Rampant Rabbit, you know, it's gone on to be almost iconic in its own right. Um, I mean, it... it we need it, them on our mantelpieces. I feel, I feel like we should, everyone, every home absolutely. should have one. Absolutely. Let's, let's legislate. We should try and lobby for getting one on every single mantelpiece. But the, and from, from a, it's a serious point, you know, when I think about you and the way you've just said, well, you know, we went and bought knicker box, we went and bought football clubs incredibly gung-ho is the wrong word but you have a spirit of adventure which i guess is why you are you which is quite rare people get quite scared about taking what they would consider a risk you don't look a risky person and yet you're talking about pretty high risk stuff yeah i'm i i guess you know i'm not risk averse certainly and adventurous is a very good word i, I you know i'm i'm ambitious I'm passionate about what I'm doing. I'm always looking for synergies with with my existing business and with my own skill set. Um, and you know, it's 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 important to be opportunist opportunistic if you're in business. But you're not tired of it. You look like you're just ready to go for like the next fifteen chapters. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I'm always excited by so many different things um i guess that that's what makes me a successful entrepreneur it's always you know having that desire to get up in the morning the passion about your business facing new challenges and seeing what you can do with them we'll have our final chat with jacqueline plus play track from sergio mendes that's coming up after the latest traffic and travel here on jazz fm jazz shapers on jazz fm in partnership with mish Rea. it's business but it's personal That was Sergio Mendes and Mas Que Nada. Jacqueline Gold is my business shaper, just for a few more precious minutes. You've been quite vocal, Jacqueline, about the lack of women in politics. Is that because you think there's just there's just naturally should be more representation of women, or is it because you're going to go for it one day? Do you know what? I, I feel quite passionate about this. I'm... I'm unhappy about uh, the empowerment of women in general, whether that be lack of women on boards, whether that be unequal pay, 
Um, and certainly in government, you know, I think that's certainly a challenge for the Tory government right now is how that they can engage better with female voters. And, and obviously having more women in cabinet would be a good starting point. Um, for me, however, I, I think the problem probably starts in the, in the classroom. Um, and, you know, I have a four and a half year old daughter. And for me, the, the best gift I could possibly give her would be her self-esteem. And there is there are figures to show that young girls, when they reach secondary school, are three and a half times more likely to have lost that self-esteem compared to boys. And by the age of 12, they are less likely to be interested in becoming a leader. And that, I think that's quite tragic. And that's something that, you know, I, I definitely think should be addressed. Uh, but how? And that's really the question, because I, I, a lot of the, um, the female entrepreneurs, businesswomen that I speak to, they say similar things. And quite rightly, I mean, you're actually more active. Some people talk about it, you do stuff. And I know you have many active campaigns that you're working on right now. But is it is the most important thing education at the end of the day because and, and an attitude that the young girl has mm. for about herself as much as men behaving badly? Can I get on my soapbox? With pleasure. <laughs> it's all yours. Yeah, I mean, I think first of all, there are certain industries and, uh, where business leaders are not recognising the female talent in front of them. I think that has to be addressed. Um, I, I think that the equal pay, I think companies that don't give equal pay where men and women are doing exactly the same job. I think perhaps naming and shaming would be appropriate. Government, as I've already said, the challenge is to get more women into government. But for me, the biggest one is definitely the classroom. And, and you know, I'd love to be part of some robust uh, research that can really get under the skin of why girls are losing their self-esteem early in age. Uh, you know, it's probably partly a societal thing. and um, But I think certainly schools can play a big part in helping uh, to, to change this. And if that's one thing you're going to be focusing on as you look to the future, from a business perspective, you said Anne Summers is going to be the focus, which makes sense. Where's that business going to go? Because you've kind of, you know, the revolution has been televised. The revolution's happened. Is there going to be another one? Where do you see that business going? Because you have done something very special in empowering women from a low base. You now, now you're up here. There's only surely only incremental steps versus exponential ones. Well, in terms of that sentiment, you know, I've definitely empowered women in, in the bedroom. I'd like to empower women in the boardroom next. Um, but uh, from a business perspective, you know, uh, growth for us... Uh, the focus for us is very much on, on technology. You know, that is how industry is going now, and particularly in the retail sector. Um, and the international opportunities, uh, you know, are, are very exciting for us right now. That's fantastic. And I hope that people are listening in the right places so that they can hear these wise words of yours from both the business um, and uh, a political perspective. Just before I let you go, this final request of you, what is your song choice and why have you chosen it? Well, I couldn't find a song with rabbits in it. So, <laughs> or rampant ones. Or rampant ones. So uh, the one I have chosen is aptly Fever by Peggy Lee. Jacqueline, thank you very much for being my business shaper. Brilliant to have you. This is Fever from Peggy Lee. Never know how much I love you Never know how much I care When you put your arms around me I get a fever that's so hard to bear That was Fever from Peggy Lee, the song choice of my business shaper today, Jacqueline Gold. 
What a focused woman, utterly passionate about what she did, opportunistic when it when it counted, but also unbelievably principled. Do join me again, same time, same place, that's Saturday morning, 9am for another edition of Jazz Shapers. In the meantime, though, do stay with us here on Jazz FM. Coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM, in partnership with Mish Rea. It's business, but it's personal. <laughs> 